We all carry unique histories and unseen feelings that, if acknowledged, might help us to bridge our differences. Welcome to Sidewalk Ghosts with Richard Radstone. Short, open-hearted stories that reveal the wisdom and vulnerabilities of unique strangers and confirm just how much our individual influence has upon the world we share. The Italians, uh, for when I came, where I came from, they uh, they taught us two things, you know, uh, respect your elders and you better be ready to work because that's what we're doing here. And that was it. But they made a good life for themselves. They got off the boat and uh, they became uh, rather prosperous people. My grandfather became very prosperous, put his whole family to, uh, put his whole family through I mean, anybody who needed anything, they came to see my grandfather. He took care of anything. But he was a wild man, too, you know? He traveled all over the world. My grandmother never left the house, and my grandfather went everywhere, all over the world. He took me with him half the time. I'll never forget, we had just finished the year in school. It was in June, and he was sitting at the dinner one night, and he said to my mother and father, listen, I'm gonna go to Florida tomorrow or the next day. I'd like to take Joseph with me because I don't want to go by myself, you know? I'm, and my mother said, you're not taking my son to Florida. He's only 11 or 12 years old. And my father said, you know what? Why don't you let him go? It'll be good for him and he can keep an eye on my father. <laughs> so the next day or the day after, they packed a little bag for me and I went to the airport with my grandfather. And I'm 12, you know, and I'm driving around the airport with him in a taxi cab and the guy pulls up to the international at Kennedy Airport, he pulls up the international uh, gate. I said, Gramps, you know, not for nothing, but I don't think you need to fly out of the international to go to Florida. He said, well, I didn't want to tell your mother, well, we're not really going to Florida. I said, where are we going? So we're going back to Italy. We're going to Naples. I said, are you kidding? He said, no, I'm, we're going. So the next thing I know, we're on the plane, and it was like, wow, it was like a 10 or 11 hour flight. And we flew to Naples and uh, he got off the plane. And my grandfather at that time, when he got off the plane, he was met by like 50 of his relatives at the airport. You would have thought that it was the president of Italy got off the plane because he had been supporting all these people for all these years. By the second week, I said to him, I said, you know, I think we probably should call um, my mother and let her know, you know, that I'm not in Florida and I'm not coming home this week. I answered the phone and I said, Mom, I, I, well, where are you guys? And I said, we're in Naples. And she goes, I thought he was going to Miami, Florida. She thought it was Naples, Florida. I said, Mom, we're in Naples, Italy. And I heard her scream over the phone to my father. They're in Italy. She's yelling like a lunatic. She didn't speak to my grandfather for like a year after that. And we were, we, I had one of the greatest times of my life was the month I spent with him in uh, Naples. The eldest son of Italian immigrants, he was taught the meaning of family at an early age. His grandfather, a first-generation transplant to a country of opportunity, held him close in teaching him the ethics of hard work. And now in this chapter of life, he takes inventory of the trials and blessings of his history, of the wealth he bore, of great loss, of the heartbreak of divorce, and of the death of a sibling. Yet in it, he is at peace. And residing at the center of it all sits a figure who has seemingly carried him to this very day, namely, his grandfather. He pauses, 
takes a breath, and in his signature storytelling style, redirects his composure away from a loving tear. I was about 12 or 13 at the time. It was one of my first Saturdays I worked there. And uh, we were very busy Saturday morning with deliveries. And he had like five or six guys that made deliveries. And I'm there and he says to me, Joseph, grab that bag, take it up the street to this address, go make this delivery. So I go up the street to a townhouse on East 58th Street on Sutton Place, facing the East River. Ring the service bell, this lady opens the door as a maid. Oh, young man, come on in. So I walk in there. I go in the kitchen, I sit, I put the bag down. She goes, you just sit right here, I'll be right back with the money. I said, okay. So I'm sitting at the kitchen table and this lady walks into the kitchen wearing a bathrobe with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. Looks like she just woke up. And she looks at me, she says, who the hell are you? She goes, where'd the maid, where'd she go? She went to get your money? I said, yes, ma'am, she went to get the money. I said, okay. This lady comes, pays me. She says to me, did she give you a tip? I said, yes, ma'am. She gave me a quarter because that's what we used to get, a quarter, 50 cent tips, you know? This is 63, 62. So I said, yeah, she gave me a quarter or 50 cents. I don't remember which. She goes, I know, you know, she's a cheapskate, that woman. She said, she, you think it was her money? I said, I know, but it's okay. She says, no, it's not okay. She reaches in her, in her uh, bathrobe. She pulls out a bill. She looks at it. She hands it to me. She said, here, this is for you. And I take the bill and I look at it, it's a $10 bill. I said, ma'am, this is a $10 bill. I said, she goes, I know what it is, that's for you, go ahead. So I run out of the store, I run out of her house and I run down the block to the liquor store. And I'm like walking on air, I just got $10 I would make in like three weekends, you know? And I run into the store and I said, Graham, she won't believe this, this lady, she gave me a $10 tip, look at this, I got 10 bucks. He says to me, Joseph, do you know who that was? I said, I have absolutely no idea who that was. He said, that was Judy Garland. Like I said, he has lived a full life. Each and every chapter moved by a philosophy that fulfills the inner peace he is now enjoying. Yes, he has traveled over both the muddy and paved streets of this mortal existence. Each and every step walking in the footsteps of a lineage he calls home. And on this day, as he so vulnerably drops his walls, he opens his heart to reveal a singular sentence that describes the outlook that has served him well. In his words, I have always been able to hang in there. Yet under the skin of this warm, humorous, and resilient man lives a story that shows just how fragile any one of us can be. And in that, the strength we each have to uplift one another. 20 years ago, I became a uh, member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I worked in recovery for like seven years. I went there when I was at pretty much a low point in my life because a friend of mine who was out here came and got me and said, you need some help. And I said, I don't need any help. He goes, and uh, I said, I can't go there. I, you know, these places cost money. I haven't any money. I'm flat broke. He said, I'm, I, I'm going to pay for you. I said, you, I can't let you do that. And he goes, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it. I want you to go. I'm asking you as a friend to do this for me. I said, listen, Michael, I'll tell you what. I said, because of you and because of the friendship we have together, I'll go for you. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go there for 28 days and I'm leaving. I said, you can pay for one month and then I'm leaving. I stayed five years. And in five years, I went from a guy who was basically on the street to the assistant to the director of this recovery center in Pasadena. And now I'm 20 years, you know, 
after that week that he picked me up from the motel I was at and brought me there. February 13, 2001. I haven't had a drink or touched any mind-altering substance for 20 years. Perhaps a rags-to-riches story he is. A narrative that ends not in a full bank account or house on the hill, but in the heart of this author, something far more valuable than the black ink of any ledger. The belief that my influence does matter, that the value within any one of us is divine. And by the words of today's stranger now friend, Joe, a gift that we can each harbor in the pillows of our souls. Simply, the reach we each have to offer in the caretaking of our human neighbors. I'm no longer in constant turmoil, Joe reflects as he speaks of his love for friends and family, testifies of the words of his grandmother who always challenged, be careful what you wish for. And as Joe reflects on a life-saving gesture extended to him by a loving friend, perhaps he is transferring his well-earned wisdom to each of us, or better yet, into the ears of our rising generation. Treat your family and your friends the way you'd like to be treated yourself. And that's something that, you know, we have to try to instill in these kids because they're the ones that's going to be around. I'm not going to be around forever. My sons, I tell them all the time, you know, you guys, when we were growing up, it was different. Friendship meant everything. You know what I mean? Friendship meant everything. And we talked to each other. You know, we didn't have to communicate by text message. We talked, you know, we played ball together. We listened to each other. So I think of anything at all, people have to learn how to get along with each other. A big thank you to Joe Vertolo, today's guest. I met him at Vista Ford in Woodland Hills where he sold us our new used car. If you get a chance to go visit him just to hear his stories alone, I promise it's worth the drive. If you would like to have your story shared on Sidewalk Ghost, simply go to our website, sidewalkghost.com, navigate to the podcast page at the bottom of that you can fill out a form send me a little bit of information about yourself or you can simply toss me an email and as always i'll do all i can to get you on the show the patreon account is still up and running if you'd like to help support the growth of sidewalk ghosts simply go to patreon.com forward slash sidewalk ghosts please reach out to me if you'd like to sponsor sidewalk ghosts and help us grow this message and to all of us please never forget Your individual impact truly does matter to someone else in the world.